I'm so excited to be connecting with this artist, mother, educator, jazzical, so funk singing, leading singer in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Someone whom I have known for many years. She's like a mentor, an older sister, just a gem, like a ruby. Yeah, ruby. Ladies and gentlemen, your ears have been coded by the velvet voice herself, Kiana Linnell. Let's get connected. Kiana Linnell, welcome. Hey, hey. Hi. I am so excited to be here with you. How are you? I'm wonderful. Good. So... Okay, so let me just tell you, we are here at CC's. Um, you know, I just move around wherever my artists are. Wherever y'all are, that's where I go. So just hit me up, let me know where you are, and I'll meet you at CC's or Planet Fitness or, you know, just wherever. So, Kiana, how was your day? My day was great. I was able to work on being an artist today, like uninterrupted. While I was at my day job, it's beautiful. It's like perfect scenario. Your day job, <laughs> you are a. I'm a music teacher at an elementary school, kindergarten through fifth grade. Wow, kindergarten right. through fifth grade. K through five, I have 550 kids that I see within a nine week period. Wow, the kindergartners. What are you teaching them exactly? Oh my God, you don't remember? Like nobody remembers music back in the day. Like I had a real music teacher. We would sing crazy songs like oh my aunt came back from Kalamazoo like that's what we did and and I teach them how to have rhythm and how to have beat like those aren't things that you're born having a lot of well let me just say some people (laughs) aren't exposed to that at home so Mm -hmm. it takes a teacher to teach them how to have rhythm and beat and how to be able to clap on beat or sing with the rhythm or um you know and I also at my school I bridge a lot of gaps because you know, a lot of people don't realize that when you sing and look at lyrics, that's teaching you reading fluency and being able to read at a certain tempo and, and keep up with the music. Like, you can't be a struggling reader and read lyrics to a song, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be able to keep up with that song, and that forces you sometimes to, to get over those handicaps of, of that you may be having in class. Mm. So, you're teaching the kindergartners what a whole note I mean oh no we don't start with that in kindergarten in kindergarten we talk about our voice we talk about we do a lot of imitation they learn how to clap rhythms back to me they learn how to manipulate their voice we do a lot of this is my speaking voice this is my whisper voice this is my calling voice we just have a lot of fun and and sing different songs and and they're really learning how to I I really am teaching little performers like in life I, I tell the kids one of some of our goals at our school is that the children will be able to speak in front of people or uh, give a presentation nice. in front of people, not just uh, something in class. So I'm, that's all I, you know, music is a performance art. So if you can perform in class and get up and sing in front of people and not be scared, like you can talk in front of people. So I started kindergarten. We all take turns getting up and if it's just singing our name or clapping a rhythm back to me. And I tell them the importance of being able to perform because, you know, if you go to McDonald's and you order a hamburger, the lady doesn't look at you and say, I don't like talking to people. I'm shy. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to put on your happy face and give that performance to somebody when you get to work. Right. Nice. 
But that ain't what we're here to talk about. <laughs> no, we are here to talk about you, Kiana. Um, Kiana Linnell. Tell me, tell me your story. You are from Texas and now you're here in Louisiana. How'd right, you get here? Right. I came here to study voice at LSU. I was looking to get away from home. Um, I graduated right outside of Dallas and I wanted to be far enough where I could be my own person and like not have somebody say, oh, that's so-and-so's daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wanted to be close enough where if I needed something, it would be within a day. Like somebody could come get me within a day. But looking back on it, I really wish I would have went to Berkeley or somewhere really far away and just experienced. Like, I'm I'm so happy I went away from home. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everybody should go away from home and, and just become their own person instead of being always trapped into so-and-so's daughter or even trapped into what your family expects you to be. You know, once you get out on your own, you really f- figure out what it is that you like and what you don't like and what you want to be. It's a lot easier. We don't have people looking at your every move every day. Mm-hmm. So did you come from a musical family? Yes. Uh, I come from a background of, well, I grew up in a church where we didn't use any instruments. And wow. so I have ears that are huge. Like that's what got me through college is my hearing ability. That's what got me in my auditions was my ability to hear intervals and, and harmonize and, and, I could just do that from young because we didn't have a piano to help us. And at our church, we sang like we sang. And my mom sings, my dad sings. But my parents aren't together, but my dad is the leader of a of a male's chorus, like kind of quartet singing. Mm-hmm. And my mom has always sang in a in a singing group. Like they have these acapella singing groups. So it's like it's like the the what used to be, I mean, what they have now is like those shows with all these acapella groups, but this has been happening at churches across the country forever. You know, there are some churches that don't have music. Not that I'm like plugging that church, but that's what I, <laughs> oh, that's what I um, attribute my ears to is from being a, having to sit and then my mom like elbowing me saying, get mm-hmm. off my note. <laughs> like I was not allowed, we, there were five of us and we were not allowed to sing the same note. Mm-hmm. So it was like a battle at the beginning of the song. Who's going to sing the melody? Who's going to sing the alto line? Who's going to sing the soprano? Who's going to sing the tenor? You know, and if you if you started singing somebody else's note, you get that look or that mm-hmm. elbow saying, move on because I'm holding this down. Yeah. So is that how, I think I read somewhere that you have a four or five octave range? Yeah, when I'm in perfect voice, I have about four and a half octaves. Wow. When I'm in perfect voice which is not very often being a teacher and having to holler at children and, you know, use my voice every day. But Mm -hmm. on those occasions where I'm feeling like 100% or even 90%, Mm -hmm. it's like great. Okay, for the listeners out there who do not know what that means exactly, teacher, educator, can you tell us what is a four and a half octave range well, voice that that just basically means that I can sing like a man and I can sing like almost Mariah Carey like I have what? that ability to do the Layla Hathaway and I, I don't I don't have mastery of those whistle tones but mm-hmm. like if I want to pull out a whistle every now and then I can but like I'm not gonna say I'm Mariah Carey but I I almost <laughs> you almost <laughs> not Mariah Carey but well, I have you know, access nowadays. to all of that. Mariah ain't hitting. <laughs> I take that back. 
Mariah's I mean, great. She is. <laughs> Trying to make me say something I don't know. Oh, no. We'll never make you say anything that's mm. not true. Uh, <laughs> but um, so back to Louisiana, you came here for school. You went to LSU, correct? Right. That is correct. And what did you study? I studied voice at LSU. Graduated with a um, Bachelor of Arts in Music. And then I decided I wasn't going to sing because I didn't want to do opera. That's all there pretty much was. You know, I'm kind of old back in that time. There were no jazz studies at LSU. It was just classical studies. And they had just started doing some theater stuff with vocal education. Mm -hmm. Terry Patrick Harris had started a theater, a vocal theater class. But... There wasn't a lot of options outside of classical training. That was it. So you went from being a singer to an educator. Did you always know that you were going to end up in the classroom? No, or? I, did, I didn't go from being a singer to an educator. I was singing, and I stopped singing to be a mom and a wife, and I worked in sales for five years. I did not want to teach because I just felt like teachers are underpaid. And I wanted to make more money. <laughs> and then I ended up, well, the, the way that I got even on stage in the first place, because I, I was I was always, I always had this idea that as a singer, like somebody was going to find me. Like, if I'm good enough, I'll be discovered. And uh, so I, I wasn't really singing a lot of places. So nobody could really discover me. But, but anyways, during that time, that mind frame I, I had decided I was just going to be a wife and a mom and not pursue singing as a career and um then I met this lady while I was working at AT&T and she sang with this band in Baton Rouge called To The T. Shout out. Shout out to To The T right it's where I got my roots right there and she was like her name was Janelle mm -hmm. and she was one of the most wonderful ladies and she was like we, at AT&T if you've never worked in a call center you don't know like when those people put you on hold, it's like a party up in there. And we would be singing and just and just having a great time. And she was like, oh, my God, Kiana, you need to come sing with my band. And I was like, what? No, I'm a mom. I got kids. I was even, like, pregnant with my second child. I was like, I'm not. I can't be in nobody's club. Uh -huh. I'm a wife. <laughs> you know, I'm. I'm, I'm not doing that. And she was like, those children will be okay. You need to come use your gift. And I was like, all right. So I went like a couple of times to go sit in and, and just sing with them a couple of times. And it felt really good because I had never sang in that environment with a live band like that before. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, growing up in a church that doesn't have music, musical instruments and then singing opera and, and classical you know, it, it's, it, I've never had like a rhythm section and a rhythm guitar or a horn player like beside me on stage. So that was like the first time I had that feeling. And then Janelle unexpectedly died. Oh, no. Yeah. Like she just she had some complications with the surgery and died. And through that, I became the singer for that band for wow. To The T. And and I spent about two years in that band and like this is a like a R and B Zotico soul band. And I learned how to perform and how to cater to an audience and how to have that stage presence mm -hmm. that um is needed as an artist. And from there, I was like, you know, this is just the beginning. Like, I don't want to just stay doing these weddings and these clubs. I want to do bigger and more stuff. Like, I want to sing at festivals. I don't want to travel. So I decided to to step out on my own. Kiana Linnell and the Lush Life, right? right. That's, that's when the Lush Life was born, about... 
five years ago. And what exactly is the Lush Life? Is that your band? Or is it just like a feeling that I'm going to get, that I get, when I go and hear you sing? It's It's both. It's both. Like, the Lush Life is, like, we're going to make it lush. Like, Mm. lush meaning, like, just easygoing, comfortable, memory-making, like, just a time that you will always remember. You know, like, every time you go to that spot, you'll think about, oh, this is where we were when that lady that was here singing and she did this. Like, I, I really enjoy telling stories and, and creating moments that connect to people on a personal level. Not just singing a song or, you know, like, really breaking down what, what was that artist saying and what does that mean to me? You know, like, every every song, I just feel like life can be learned through songs. Like, every there's a song for every emotion or every situation that you go through. And it's therapy. Like, you know, we artists are put here to help people get through their situations. Mm-hmm. So when they pin that song and create that melody, it helps your soul heal. Mm-hmm. So being able to relate to that moment and 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 process it and and move on from it is is very important. I remember one of my voice teachers. He would say to take the people on an emotional roller coaster. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I I just feel like I said, music, life, life is music, and in every important moment that you can think of, you can think of a song that was playing or something that you would want played. You know, you plan your wedding music, you plan music for your funeral, you plan music for your baby showers, you plan music for every important important event. Your your dance recitals. You remember what song your your daughter danced to the first time she was on stage. You know, like music just just choreographs our lives and I enjoy being a part of that for people. Like if if somebody is in New Orleans for their anniversary and I sing a song that they really enjoyed and made them feel great because they were on vacation for their anniversary and I sang their song like that's a memory that they're going to have forever Mm -hmm. you know and I I just enjoy being a part of people's lives and helping create those moments so the lush life when the lush life was created is that also when this new genre that I guess you birthed jazzical so funk how did that come about yeah, that was definitely with the Lush Life because the the Lush Life is a is a standard jazz song, and it talks about the life of being in dives and and in bars and seeing the drunkenness of people and seeing the emotions of them in their faces and in their body motions. And my jazzical so funk was my experience of of learning jazz because I had never sung jazz before and. I was putting my own experiences on my jazz uh, songs. Like I I have operatic melismas that you might find, or, you know, I I have a real affinity for soul music. And, and then I have that church background. So you might get a little church in it. So I put all that and I love some funk. So (laughs) all that you'll find in my shows, which I coin as jazz because they're never the same. Like you might come hear me, sing a song that you love for me to sing, but it, it it will probably never be the same every time you come see me. So you said you don't have a background in jazz, yet jazz has been playing a major part in your development as Kiana Linnell now. How did you discover jazz? Well, as I, as I looked at, at my career, like I'm always someone that has goals and I, I try to sit down and, and map out where I want to go because, you know, if you don't know where you want to go, you'll never get there. 
So as I sat and started mapping out what I wanted to do, and I started thinking about, like, my, my life, I, I've been in choir since I was in sixth grade. And, you know, in choir, in school, you sing a gamut of music. You'll sing stuff from musicals. You'll sing stuff from, from operas. You'll sing just all kinds of American music and foreign music. When I started looking at the kind of artist that I wanted to, to be like, like, who do I want to be like, you know, and what kind of music do I want to sing? Well, there's not a limit. Like, I, I like music from every single genre. And the only kind of artist that I see without a cage on them to only sing a certain kind of music are jazz artists. Like, they're able to sing whatever. They can sing a lullaby. They can sing a song from a musical. They can sing something from the Great American Songbook that was written by Hammerstein. Or, you know, they don't have limits on what they deliver because they're musicians. It's not just, I'm an R&B singer, I'm a soul singer, so all I sing is soul or all I sing is rhythm and blues. No, I can sing whatever because I'm a musician and I have an instrument. What instruments do you play? No, I was talking about my voice. Oh, but, yeah. That <laughs> instrument. But I my do, bad. I mean, I don't. I always tell people I don't play anything well enough to play in front of somebody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable, especially the level of musicians that I'm around. There's no way I would ever, ever play anything around any of like, those guys. Because, so like, they're, like, so great. And I don't spend enough time on those the time the, the instrument I spend most of my time on is my voice. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we can. I can sing for you all day because I'm confident in my ability in my voice but as far as me playing piano that's something I'm doing my house in my little practice room where nobody can hear <laughs> but I can dabble on the piano you know I played trumpet as my instrument I was a band director for like five years so I'm, I'm a brass uh specialist if you want to say that mm -hmm. um but I can play the clarinet or the saxophone if I need to you know to teach a student or whatever like a young student yeah but I don't you know I, I don't claim to be in any way, an instrumentalist. You know what? Um, you were talking about teaching earlier. I do remember, <laughs> I think it was, what, fourth grade or third grade? Maybe fifth grade, third grade. Um, the recorder. Oh, yeah, we do that at my school, yeah. too. The older kids do the recorder. Yeah, right. that's. I do remember that. <laughs> no, I had a, a really nice um, music teacher, Miss Thibodeau. Shout out. Um, <laughs> hey, Miss Thibodeau. <laughs> hey. Um, so, do you remember your first song you sang, sang publicly? Ever? Okay, maybe not ever, but as Kiana Linnell and The Lush Life. I remember my first gig. Okay. I remember my first song. I could, if I, no, I can't remember the first song, but the first gig I had as Kiana Linnell mm -hmm. and The Lush Life was the McKinley, uh, it was like this white party at McKinley. It was like an alumni thing, mm -hmm. a reunion thing. And actually, I had Atoya playing for me, and Joe Monk, and this was so long ago. I guess it's like five years ago. That was my first gig. And so this is when Kiana Linnell and the Lush Life became when I a first business. started. Right when I was the wow. band leader, when I was calling the shots and paying people and hauling equipment. Yeah, that's when the business got real. <laughs> that's when she became a dot com. Right? That's exactly. I became incorp not even incorporated. LLC'd. <laughs> when I started paying taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> now um, 
since you've become this business and you're a mother and you're an educator, what is a typical day for you? Because it's like, what, 10 o'clock right now and we are just now being able to sit and talk because you have been at rehearsal. What is a typical day for you? Right. So like a typical day, it just depends on if I have shows coming up. Like I have a show coming up next week that involves dancers and a live band and choreography for me. And I have to, like I have, I, today I got up to go to the gym at 4.30. Went wow. to the gym. Class started at 4.45. I was in the gym for 4.45 until 6. Then I come home, feed the children, as I call it, get them off to school. And I'm at work by 7.45. So then I'm at work all day until about 3.30 with the kids mm-hmm. at the school then I come home, sometimes I take a power nap. Usually I just lay and check homework or do something for 20 or 30 minutes. Then I'm going to practice something, singing, or I'm going to look over a chart or a song. Then I'm off to rehearsal. I had rehearsal today at 7.30. I had to feed the children again. Mm-hmm, I did have, feed the children again. You right? have to children feed them. Eat, right. Mm-hmm. So I fed the children before I left home. Then I left in my car. I'm always listening to something I'm trying to learn or I'm listening to music for my next show. Like I have a festival coming up in November and I'm still trying to program the music for that. So in my car, I'm always trying to figure out I'm either singing along to a song to learn it or I'm listening to like a Pandora radio station to try to find some songs that I might want to learn to mm-hmm. sing. And then I go to rehearsal, did my rehearsal. And usually I'd be home by 9, 30, 10. But today I have an interview. So, Yay, so And again. I've been doing a couple of those these past couple nice. of weeks. So, yeah. She getting famous out here in these streets. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> get my name up. Get your coins up too. <laughs> and the kids. Are the kids in music? Your children, not the kids at school. Not the kids. My children? Yeah. Yes, they are little musicians. By the way, Kiana, I love your children. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like for the past few people that I've interviewed, they have the most amazing children. So props I think to artists you. just really do a good job at raising kids. Like, we see the bigger picture in life, and we try to make little people who are genuinely like concerned about people and open to to accepting and and being a uh, tolerant mm-hmm. you know we try to raise people who are tolerant of of different things and and not judgmental like that's my biggest thing is to like whatever however people want to express themselves that's their business you mm-hmm. know and however you want to express yourself that's your business and what other people have to do has nothing to do with you like you do what you want to do get what you want to get and live your life Like, that's what I try to tell my kids all the time. Find something you want to do that you enjoy doing. And don't worry about nobody else. Um, So are your girls in music? Yes, but I try not to make them. Well, I lie. I take that back. I do. Are you a momager? Tell the truth. I'm not a momager. Okay. I I don't make them like, well, this is my thing. As a musician, I know how smart musicians are and I know how it stimulates the brain. I know how it causes your brain to work in ways that no, nothing else in the world can do. When you learn formal music, when you learn how to read music and write music and and that side of it, you know, the creative part, that's totally different. But when you learn those hardcore semantics of the physicality of how to play an instrument and read the music and deliver that, 
that's a whole different part of your brain that I feel like needs to be exposed as a child. So I make them play an instrument for at least two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, middle school, I feel like, is the best time to play an instrument. If you don't want to do it in high school, fine. If you only want to do it for, you know, two years in middle school, that's fine. But you're going to learn how to play something and to read some music because it. I'm just a firm believer in that brain stimulation. But as far as, like, making them perform... I try not to, but I keep telling them if they want to go on the road, like I'm telling them I'm going to France. And the only people that go to France are people who get paid. So if you can't play the tambourine or you can't play the <laughs> drum set or if you can't play the piano, you're going to stay at home. So they be trying to get themselves together. Oh, that is too <laughs> cute. I mean, mine you, what, the oldest is how old? Twelve. And the youngest 12, is? Seven. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, if by, if by the time they're 18, yeah. they're able to... Because I look at, like, I've, I've talked to this, one of my mentors is Topsy Chapman. And she's got these daughters. They're all, they're grown amazing. now. Amazing. They, they love to are see them before. amazing. Yes. You know, they sing in these tight harmonies, these jazz standard songs. And it's like, they've been all over the world together as mm-hmm. a family because she built that for them. You know, so I don't, I'm not trying to make them, but I'm going to definitely allow them the opportunity. Because if I'm paying all these other people to come overseas why not why not Your y'all own. come right and get paid and then we can all just have fun because we we family that is <laughs> that is awesome like sometimes like I love my family I wouldn't trade my family for anything in this whole wide world but I sometimes wish that I had you know a family member who like my close family I have um relatives mm-hmm. who play instruments but not like you know, my cousin or my mama, right, my grandma. Right. She's it's totally a different thing to have mm-hmm. in house. Uh, in house, yeah. Because I didn't grow up with with instrumentalists. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up with singers, but like now, helping them play piano and helping them have a grasp on those things way earlier than I was even exposed to. It's just like like there's a drum set in my living room, and they can play on it. Like I don't tell them be quiet. It's it's music like get in there and shed you know mm-hmm. do what you do I'm I'm all about them learning something to make themselves better and the the opportunities that music affords for people right. to be able to travel and get paid to do it mm-hmm. and see the world like even if you only do it for the first six or seven years of your life like mm-hmm. that would be so much better than to have never done that before right that is. Uh, such like an amazing thing to give your kids your kids are simply amazing you're 12 year old 12 years old and already looking at Yale when I was 12 I was probably I can't remember what I was doing but not looking at Yale the parenting I'm scared I don't know what to do with her but you are preparing her to build it today she told me I'm building a space shuttle and I was like (laughs) who said that who says that? Your so, child, your yeah. multi-talented child. Yeah. Wow. Like I try to bring them. Like whenever I can, I, I bring them on festivals with me and and let them sing back up or if if they want to. I don't make them, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I also like have started paying them so they can see. Hey, I can I can make a little money doing yeah. this. Like come come carry mommy's bag and and set up my mic and stuff and. I might give you a little coin. Hmm. <laughs> Holla, stack your coins, girls. So, festivals. Um, you sang in the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, correct? Yes. How was that? It's amazing to be... Like, I, the first year I was there, I was, I was like, under my own name. It was Kiana Nell and the Lush Life. And that was just 
amazing. Like I, I never would have imagined like because that was like within my first year and a half of even like starting my own band. And I was like, this is, and I was on the jazz stage. This, it was just surreal. Mm-hmm. And then since then I've performed with other people, um, like with Don Vappy and the Creole jazz serenaders. And I performed with, uh, Bloaty from the, um, Dirty Dozen Brass Band. He does the Sunday jam session. So it's just, I say all the time, jazz, jazz is totally different. This is, this is another reason why I want to do jazz. Like jazz is the only form of, of art where as a novice, as, as somebody who's still learning and you, like I might only know five songs, seven songs, Mm -hmm. right? Seven jazz songs, but I could possibly be working with people who have toured all over the world. Like I've, I've played on stage with Herlin Riley. He's wow. played with like everybody. Like he's like one of the top five drummers in the world. And I've played with him. Like, and I'm nobody right now. Like it it's the only musical form. Like as an as an R and B singer, I can't just go work with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. There's no way. But in jazz, I've met Christian McBride, I've met Dee Dee Bridgewater, I've what? met all these people because Jazz is like a, it's like a school. It's like they take in the new people mm-hmm. and they want to make them better. And, and the way that you sharpen yourself is by being around sharp objects. Mm-hmm. So they just help you cut your stone and, and get better. So it's, nice, it's just a, nice. right. It's, it's just a, it's an amazing place to be in I, with uh, Nicholas Payton. Like I was the, like breathless. I'm sitting here sitting in with Nicholas Payton. So and I'm like, he's going to tweet about me. Oh God. <laughs> how do you like, you're sitting here with Nicholas Payton, your heart is palpitating out your chest. And then you just fill the room with your velvet voice and just <laughs> amaze people. And just, how do you do that? I think the number one thing is being prepared, like practicing prepares you for performance. Mm -hmm. And if you don't practice, you won't be prepared. So when you're prepared, you have this sense of it's like normal. It's like riding a bike. I've done this, you know. So it's like this is what's going to come out because I've prepared myself to be here. Mm -hmm. So like when you're practicing, do you have any special techniques like stand in front of a mirror or? Oh, yeah, that's that's like performers practice one on one. To, to see what people see when they see you. But that's that's just, like, for stage presence. I'm talking, like, vocal technique-wise, like, knowing your songs. And, and in jazz, it's so important to know those chords and know what you can sing over what. And it's, and it's most important to not, when you get around those big people, not feel like you have to show off because you don't have to do all that. Like, they, if you do try to show off, they know you're going to try, you're, you're trying to show off. Like, just be who you are and embrace the moment and live in that moment. And just, you know, tweet about it when you get off stage. <laughs> oh, my God. I just had it with Nicholas Davis. And then he retweets you. You're like, oh, my God. And then you favorite that. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> only in jazz. Like, only. Mm-hmm. Who are you influenced by? Living or dead? Both. Any? Yeah. Both? Well, I'm influenced by all of the previous jazz vocalists. Like, I... And blues. Like... The blues vocalists, females, because I feel like a lot of blues females, there aren't any blues females, there are not very many female blues artists today. And I I really love the blues and I love soul music. And I'm influenced by like the men of the 70s and soul, like your Curtis Mayfields and your your Percy Sledge and your... uh, Rest in peace. 
Right? Rest in peace, Ray Sledge. And like your, uh, what's my guy? These arms of mine. Otis Redding. Like, they are some of my favorite. Like, they just sing a song and make you feel, like, every piece of emotion. And then, like, all my jazz vocalists, like Sarah Vaughn and Ella and Billy, you know, they definitely, I'm, I'm shedding on them all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. What does that mean, shedding? Shedding means, like, so back in the day, not even back in the day, even this happens now. Like, you know, your mom might, or somebody might get you an instrument, but mm-hmm. then your parents don't really like the sound that you make on it. Mm-hmm. So they would send you outside to the shed ah. to go work, go take that outside. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the shed, you're in the shed working on your craft or, you know, mm-hmm. shedding. So you shedding. I okay. think that's where it came from. No, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. And so you get together with other budding musicians, singers, and artists, and right. y'all just make a bunch of noise together until it sounds right. Right. Makes sense. Right. We help each other out. Mm-hmm. Now, you were crowned the World War II Museum's Stage Door Idol. Yeah. How was that? That was cool. I love working with the World War II Museum. Like, just being there is so historic and you learn so much. Like every time I go, I learn something else. There's so much information at the World War II Museum. But it's really cool because the Stage Door Idol, like they create this 1920s atmosphere that you get to live in. You get to dress in. You get to do your hair. You get to do your makeup. You, you wear shoes. Like every part of you embodies a woman from the 1920s or a man if you're you know they have men that'll dress up as as war heroes and they they come with the with the a uniform on to sing their song you know and and it's just great to have people that appreciate the music of that era what was the winning song the year i won i did when you're smiling oh but that's, I did, one, that's one of my i did a i did an arrangement of julie garden Judy Garland. Judy Garland. I'm sorry. Judy Garland. And uh, it had a little theatrical part in the middle. And uh, Can you sing this just a, just a tiny bit? I mean, you're the winner. Okay. Maybe not. After being crowned World War II's uh, stage door idol winner, you were also dubbed, I guess, as one of Baton Rouge's up-and-coming leading singers? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've been working a lot. I've been working. I've been steadily working the past couple of years trying to, you know, get myself together and perform at the types of events that I want to perform at and create some music that I can get out and share with people. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, that's what sparked them to add me on their, their newscast. That was really nice. <laughs> So wh- where do you see Kiana Linnell in five years? In five years? Mm-hmm. I see myself at jazz festivals across the country with at least like two international jazz fests or some type of performance a year. In five years, that's that's the goal. Then like 10 years, I want to be singing for a present. Past or present. Like it'd be a past or present. Or, or like at least like the state balls and and like I want to be a singer that can be called to buy like Stevie Wonder to come sing backup or mm-hmm. like I want to be that singer that's a that is a musician that can sing anything you know like I'm singing with the Baton Rouge Symphony Orchestra and I'm singing from like opera stuff to some Ella esque Christmas carols so I think I'm making 
great progress in into where I want to go because it's it's always been important for me to sing what I want to sing and I like singing everything it's hard not to make not to get forced into a box and to it's always hard to just keep your ideas in the forefront of what you want to do because there's so many forces around you that are trying to pin you in a corner so I'm I'm just excited to be able to to do the things that I like to do mm-hmm. for the most part what advice would you give your younger self Oh my God, do it now. Don't wait. Don't, don't put it off. Like I always wanted to be a singer, but, but not just do it as in make a plan, get yourself around people who are doing it because that's, that's the only way you can get where you want to go. You, you, you can't figure it out by yourself. You have to surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do. So once you figure out what you want to do, if you want to be a purse maker, Go find some people that make purses and follow them around and say, how did you learn how to do this? Where'd you get that equipment? You know, there are people who repair shoes. If you want to be a shoe repairman, you're not going to go hang around with people who sell hats Mm -hmm. because they're not going to help you. They don't even know about what you're trying to get. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. you have to surround yourself with people who can give you knowledge and, and they will like, don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to to ask, to follow somebody or ask, can I, can you help me? They will help you because everybody knows that everybody who's successful knows that there's enough for everybody to eat. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of people feel like people won't share their information. They will like, or if they don't just find somebody else, there are a few pricks who won't help you, but you're not, no, no, I'm not one of those. And most people aren't like they're flattered. Number one, that that you think that they could help you. So, you know, don't let your lack of knowing where to start keep you from starting. Find somebody. And now it's so easy. Like, the world is at your fingertips. You could be friends with somebody on Twitter. You could ask somebody questions on Twitter. You could follow. People put all their information everywhere. YouTube is like the godsend. Like, I'm so thankful for people who don't have lives and just load videos on YouTube because that stuff is so tedious Mm -hmm. but they really sit there and do that and it's like great like you want to know how to expand your range type it in Google Mm -hmm. and you'll come up with 30 videos now they may not all be credible but one of them or two of them is going to help you (laughs) (laughs) but you know help you until you can find somebody personally but don't don't ever let the like strive for the knowledge to help you get where you want to go and don't just wait, like waiting on somebody to discover you. People aren't, people don't, a diamond is never going to be discovered if nobody digs for it. Mm-hmm. So you can be a diamond all you want to, but nobody's. Diamond in a row. Right. But nobody's. <laughs> you have to shine. Like you got to get out and shine. You, you can't just wait on somebody to, to catch your light. It's, you got to just get out there and do it. And let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. This has been awesome, Kiana. Thank, Thank you, you so for connecting with me. Um, I, you know, I travel all over the world and I am so thankful that along my many travels, even starting here in Baton Rouge, I have been fortunate to pick up what I call little gems. And yeah, I called her my little Ruby gem. Um, 
just people that just are placed in my life and I don't deserve them, but yeah. So she's one of my gems and I am so happy that she just said that I can ask her a million questions a day and like be your shadow forever. I can tell you. Kiana, thank you for connecting with me. Amps. Yes, Amps connected. Any dates? Yes, October 14th, I'll be at Hunks and Hills. That's in Baton Rouge at the Varsity. November 1st, I'll be at the Hemingbow Baton Rouge Blues Society Festival. It's a Sunday outside, beautiful at Hemingbow in St. Francisville. Then December 3rd and 4th, I'm singing with the Baton Rouge Symphony Orchestra for their Pops concert, the Christmas Pops concert. Oh, October 25th, 25th or 26th, it's a Sunday. I'll be at the Mason in New Orleans with Don Vappi and the Creole Serenaders. But you can find all this information at linnellmusic.com. Okay. What about a Twitter? Account? Twitter, everything is Linnell Music. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at me, at Linnell Music. All right. Kiana Linnell, thank you for connecting with Amps Connected, where we travel the world, connecting artists from all over the world. Amps. Stay connected.